A quick warning, this episode has mentions of self-harm, and if you're just finding this podcast, go back and start with episode one. It'll make more sense that way. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Amanda Peacher. For the past three months, I've had a daily routine at about 10 in the morning. I check to see if the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled in Adri Edmo's case. The court releases new opinions at about that time every day. So starting at about 9.45, I check the court's website every few minutes. Last Friday at that time, I was on a hike in the middle of a canyon. My best friend Jessica Holmes was actually with me when I checked my phone. I knew that the ruling came in because you made this sound. (gasps) And then you booked it out of that canyon so fast with a baby on your chest that I had to run behind you sweating. You are a dedicated reporter and... You totally ditched me for the rest of the day to report on this very important ruling. You're listening to Locked, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio and the Mountain West News Bureau. I'm Amanda Peacher. And I'm producer Frankie Barnhill. Before we hear about the ruling, let's look back at what the stakes are for Adri and for trans prisoners across the nation. As you know, Adri is serving a 10-year sentence for the sexual assault of a minor under 16. She's tried to castrate herself twice in prison. Over the last few episodes, we've learned about her case and Adri herself. Let's take a listen to some of the voices we've been hearing from. And heads up, you're also going to hear some new tape from Adri in prison. It's just a given circumstance that shit's going to happen to you in your life if you're Indian and live on the reservation. And for somebody that's gay or somebody that's two-spirit, it can be even tougher. All trans women who are incarcerated as men are facing daily invalidation of who they are. That's fine. You want to be a female? That's up to you. That's your choice. I have the responsibility to make sure that no one is going to get taken advantage of because they look like a female. And you are a female. That's fine. And trying to be masculine or not as feminine as possible. That's a very hard thing. I'm not asking you to be masculine. No one's asking you. I never said anybody was. But I'm trying not to break the rules, and that's a difficult thing. I want to affirm that transgender identity, but I want to be very mindful about what does that really mean? Some of these individuals we work with have pretty, in my opinion, kind of dysfunctional ideas about what gender really is, what masculinity really is. I can't imagine a more difficult place to be a trans woman than in an all-male facility. Um, So I think it, it really speaks to her commitment and the medical necessity of the surgery. As you know, if you ask five different health insurance plans, uh, what is medically necessary care, you'll get five different answers. Morning, welcome to the Ninth Circuit. You may be seated. It would be binding on all the district courts in the Ninth Circuit, and it certainly would be persuasive to courts in other parts of the country. So that ruling that we've all been waiting for from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Well, Adri Edmo won. The court agreed that she needs gender confirmation surgery and that the state of Idaho has to provide it ASAP. When that actually happens, it'll mean Adri will be the first transgender inmate in the nation to get the surgery through a court order. It's been three months since the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals held oral arguments in the case. That's where we left off with this story. The Ninth Circuit agreed with the lower court in siding with Adri. 
The judges say denying her the surgery amounts to deliberate indifference to her medical needs. And that's cruel and unusual punishment, a violation of the Eighth Amendment. Shortly after I heard the news about the ruling, I called up Adri's lead attorney, Lori Rifkin. Have you had a chance to speak with Adri Edmo yet? Um, how is she doing? So, Yes, I just spoke with her a few minutes ago, and she is relieved and grateful that the court recognized that she has a right to necessary medical treatment, regardless of gender identity. She is extremely relieved that she will finally get the surgery she's needed for years. She was excited and happy to hear the news and really just experiencing tremendous sense of relief. Reporter James Dawson was also on the line. And while I was talking to Lori, he broke some news that he had just heard from Idaho's governor, Brad Little. We have reached out to the state and they have declined to comment at this point. No, Um, no, no, no. Actually, we just got something from Brad Little. He says he's appealing to the Supreme Court. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, that is breaking as we're going. Um, So would you like to comment on that? Uh, We just heard that news. It is unfortunate and reprehensible that the state of Idaho, having been told in no uncertain terms by the district court and by three federal circuit court judges, refuses to provide Ms. Edmo with the basic, humane medical treatment she needs. She suffers every single day while they have denied this treatment to her for years. And there can be no reason justifying Idaho's continued refusal to provide her care except bias. So will the U.S. Supreme Court hear this case? Well, it takes very few cases overall, on average around 1%. But Frankie, before we get to that question, let's talk about the Ninth Circuit ruling itself. Here's what I think is one of the most important quotes from that decision. The judges said, trans health care is an area of increased social awareness. Here's a quote from the opinion. Our court and others have been considering Eighth Amendment claims brought by transgender prisoners for decades. During that time, the medical community's understanding of what treatments are safe and medically necessary to treat gender dysphoria has changed as more information becomes available, research is undertaken, and experience is gained. And the judges say the Eighth Amendment allows for those evolving medical best practices. The opinion also says Adri Edmo's expert witnesses are more credible than the state's. And so this is not just a case of dueling experts. On the other hand, the judges say Edmo's witnesses are well qualified. They've treated thousands of patients with gender dysphoria, and they logically explained the standards for gender confirmation surgery and why Adri meets those standards. And here's another thing. The judges also agreed with the lower court judge on, in a nutshell, the state's witnesses' lack of expertise. The judges point out that one of those witnesses had never directly treated a patient with gender dysphoria, and another had only treated a couple of patients. Neither had ever evaluated someone in person to determine the medical necessity of gender confirmation surgery. The judges wrote, one of the state's experts didn't even meet Idaho Department of Corrections standards for evaluating a patient for gender confirmation surgery. 
The judges also took a hard look at Dr. Eliason's notes about Adri. He's the prison doc who assessed Adri for gender confirmation surgery and said she doesn't need it. And this was actually one of the more fiery parts of the opinion. The judges said Dr. Eliason's reasoning made no sense and did not meet the World Professional Association for Transgender Health Standards. Quote, Dr. Eliason's criteria, apparently invented out of whole cloth, are so far afield from the WPATH standards that we cannot characterize his decision as a flexible application of or deviation from those standards. But the court was also very clear that this opinion applies specifically to Adri Edmo and not to any or all transgender inmates. Courtney Joslin is a professor of law at UC Davis. For this particular person before the court, it is clear that gender-confirming surgery is medically necessary for her. But she says this is still really important. Why? Because it sets a standard for all trans inmates. If a particular form of medical treatment is medically necessary for them, just as is true with any other kind of medical condition, the prison officials would have to provide that medically necessary care for them. So now it's real. Adri Edmo's case could go to the Supreme Court. We asked for an interview with Governor Little's office, but so far he's only offered a written statement. Quote, The hardworking taxpayers of Idaho should not be forced to pay for a convicted sex offender's gender reassignment surgery when it is contrary to the medical opinions of the treating physician and multiple mental health professionals. I intend to appeal this decision to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, will the U.S. Supreme Court take up Adri Edmo's case? As we said earlier, we know that the Supreme Court takes very few cases. What the court is usually looking for in deciding whether to hear a case is conflict in circuit court decisions. So one or more courts ruling one way on a given issue and other courts ruling the opposite way. I talked to Michael Mushlin about this. He's a professor of law at the Elizabeth Hobbs School of Law at Pace University. And he says there is reason for SCOTUS to hear Adri's case. They have an argument for the Supreme Court to review the case because now there is a clear split in the circuits. The Fifth Circuit has taken a contrary view from what the Ninth Circuit has taken. He's talking about a two-to-one decision earlier this year in the Fifth Circuit. It ruled, quote, a state does not inflict cruel and unusual punishment by declining to provide gender confirmation surgery to a transgender inmate. The exact opposite of the Ninth Circuit ruling in Adri's case. I mean, the Fifth Circuit said you're never entitled to gender-conforming surgery regardless of your need. And the Ninth Circuit has said that on, in the individual circumstances of particular cases, if there is an, a clear medical need to address a serious problem, then you have a constitutional right to have the surgery. So that's a, that's a split. That is one of the prerequisites, the normal prerequisites for Supreme Court review. And that prerequisite is present here. More and more federal courts have taken up the medical rights of transgender inmates. So far, no inmate has actually gotten the surgery through a court order, but other decisions about hormone therapy and other treatments for trans prisoners have been successful. It fits in with a long line of cases going back many years, saying that there's no transgender exception to the Constitution. That's Harper Jean Tobin with the National Center for Transgender Equality. She says this decision could dissuade other prisons from denying inmates gender confirmation surgery when it's appropriate. I hope this decision will give hope to people who are struggling with severe dysphoria, who have been denied medical treatment in some cases for years, um, who are suffering tremendously. 
um, and for whom there didn't seem to be much hope. Harper Jean also points out that Adri's case is groundbreaking because usually prisons don't let cases get this far in the legal system. Prison officials have been finding ways to make cases go away. And that could be true. There have been cases where prisons suddenly paroled trans women who were suing for surgery right before their cases were heard. And in California, the state settled a case with an inmate named Shiloh Heavenly Quine and provided her with the surgery. So Adri's case is the first to make it this far. And the court decision in her favor means other prisons have to sit up and pay attention. I asked Lori Rifkin how she feels about Adri's chances before the Supreme Court. The Ninth Circuit's opinion in 85 pages lays out why this case is a clear-cut application of well-established Eighth Amendment law. There are no exceptions in the Eighth Amendment for biases against people based on gender identity. The Eighth Amendment doesn't let prison officials pick and choose which conditions they treat. The district court in Idaho recognized that this is a square application of the Eighth Amendment, and so did the Ninth Circuit. So Idaho's appeal to the Supreme Court, should the Supreme Court choose to hear this case, will meet the same result. I also asked Harper Jean Tobin how she feels about Adri's case before the Supreme Court. We are in an environment where uh, the civil and constitutional rights of many people feel under attack, and our Supreme Court has not always protected those rights. At the same time, uh, Americans depend on the court to be the guardian of our liberties, and um, and it would take extraordinary intellectual dishonesty to reverse this decision. And we should also say this case is getting expensive for Idaho. So far, the state has spent more than $300,000 litigating, and that price will go up if the case goes to the Supreme Court. And remember, there's still a huge faction of the public who don't believe that gender confirmation surgery is medically necessary or that prisons should provide that care. And that tension between public perception and the law is one reason why Michael Mushlin supports Adri's case and believes others like it are really important. My major point here is this is a conscientious application of American constitutional law in a context where it's probably politically unpopular. And that's why we have courts. It could be some time before we know whether the Supreme Court decides to review Adri's case. If the justices decide not to hear the case, then Adri's surgery will move forward. In mid-September, the parties are scheduled to meet with Judge Windmill in Idaho, and he'll likely lay out a new timeline for her procedure at that point. So once again, Adri Edmo and the state of Idaho are in a holding place. Adri isn't set to be released until 2021, so there's still time for this to play out, even at the high court. We'll be back when we know more from the Supreme Court. That could happen in October. And if the case does go there, we'll be there to follow along. In the meantime, we still want to hear your questions and your feedback. Email lockedpod at gmail.com. This episode of Locked was reported and produced by me, Amanda Peacher. And me, Frankie Barnhill, along with James Dawson. Our team also includes writer and producer Lacey Daly. We had mixing help from Stephen Cray. Special thanks to our colleague George Prentice and to KPBS in San Diego for help with production. 
Our managing editor is Kate Kincannon with the Mountain West News Bureau. Tom Michael is Boise State Public Radio's general manager. Our theme music is by Boise musician Up Is The Down Is The. Locked is a production of Boise State Public Radio and the Mountain West News Bureau. You can learn more and you can read the opinion from the Ninth Circuit on our website, boisestatepublicradio.org. Thank you.